The Den, conversations with Andrew Wolfe. This week, I'm in conversation with Joanna Goddard, who has been both client and collaborator of Wolfe for some time. Joanna has had and continues to have a varied career in business. Her LinkedIn feed lists Director of Programs, Advisor to Law Enforcement and Business, Data Informed Engagement and Growth, BD Strategist, Cyber New Markets, Niche Markets, Profile Protector for Those Under Pressure, and Chair of the Polar Academy. Joanna, welcome to the den. Thank you very much. Delighted to be with you today. I'm really interested in this um, profile protector for those under pressure that you list on your CV. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, it's been an interesting strand of work following um, a number of years where I worked with different legal firms. And quite often um, referrals come in from employment lawyers, actually, who are dealing with high profile business people looking to settle exit agreements, sometimes amicably, sometimes not. And in this modern age, handling your own profile as a senior player in business with sensitivities whilst negotiations are going on, um, social media accounts can play havoc and those who are slightly emotional during the process. So I've been quite often parachuted in to build trust sometimes within 30 minutes and take over someone's account and settle it. Wow, how interesting. And I suppose that links straight into your work in cyber, which is an interesting avenue that you've, you seem to have niched yourself into. Yes. Tell us a bit about your cyber experience um, and why, 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 why did you end up in there? <laughs> um, actually, the result of someone else's creativity. Um, the, the cyber industry has been until recently quite dominated with people who historically worked in IT. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions around cyber, that it's a tech thing. And actually it's a human thing, it's risk management akin to how we manage health and safety for business. It's everybody's interest and problem in business. So um, it's actually been through collaboration. Um, I was working with a high profile client and realised they needed some sort of security when they looked at their online presence. And I wasn't sure what I was looking for myself then, so after a lot of digging around, found someone that specialised in this, um, which I now know is, is online resilience and protection. And over time, that individual asked me to come and consult with his business and go and help them get this right, because the previous people that had been in and out of that business were bringing quite a traditional approach. Um, a lot of it for end users appearing to be smoke and mirrors and full of jargon and not helpful and quite alarming, actually. And he wanted to drive a solution-orientated professional service, like a law firm, it just happened to be cyber. So he pulled me in to say, do something, tell us how to get this right. So it was his creativity to bring someone in, which everyone else was aghast at, that they didn't know anything about tech. Uh, and of course, years later, that's now absolutely the, the role I play um, on the big project that I'm currently working on. It was very focused around engagement and how do you get people who don't know what they don't know to trust and get involved and find the right people to help them. So it's an area that I get great satisfaction in. And cyber is a fascinating world, isn't it? I mean, um, you must have some horror stories about the, the potential risk to us all now that we're so reliant on our digital environment, the digital environment. Absolutely, and I think many people are familiar with recent media coverage around you know, the major US pipeline mm -hmm. and people can't feel, mm -hmm. feel in their cars and so on. And, and we are aware and we accept that but actually what most small business owners or business decision makers aren't as aware of is the escalating numbers of small businesses that are actually getting affected and targeted. 
So I often say, you know, if literally this afternoon you can't get on to any of your systems, do you know the phone number of every client you've got? How do you contact your clients? How does anybody pay you if you can't get into your banking systems or your banking platforms? How do you bill your clients? If that would par paralyse your business, that is, in essence, so listeners listening in on this, I think we're all going to be paralysed if this happens yes. to us. So it's a it's yes. a global problem yes. that we all need to address. And it doesn't all require hundreds of thousands of pounds of yeah. software to solve. Mm -hmm. It just requires, again, traditional language, business continuity plans. So separate backup systems, not tech solutions, but can you contact the team if you can't log on to your computer to get the contact numbers? Where else do you store that information? Yeah. And do you have somewhere else or another solution to, to know your client best and contact your bank, who probably quite often most important. I'm making a little mental note to get some uh, get some strategies in place for myself here. Yes, well, delighted to help with that. <laughs> There's an incredible amount of free information from government, actually, which I'm very passionate about, making sure people know where to find that to help you through. Fantastic. Well, moving on from cyber and actually on the subject of these podcasts, um, I'm really interested in where you've experienced true creativity in business in your career. Where, what, what sort of relationships have you had with people where you've experienced amazing creativity? Oh, so many examples. Um, I think one that I've often shared the story of that people find quite interesting is a, law, a very traditional law firm. And people think creativity, I think the default is to companies like Will, where it's very design-led and that is what creativity is. But creative thinking in what are seen as traditional, boring business environments really excite me. And um, I was working with a law firm where they were comparing where referrals came in. And on the whole, a lot of referrals for different divisions came from accountants. But there was the family law team, particularly around the topic of divorce services, that weren't seeing the same levels of referrals. Mm -hmm. And there was a bit of debate around, are they looking after the accountants enough in that team, you know? Um, but, you know, I tabled a question, if your marriage is on the rocks, is it really your accountant that you're going to speak to first? Or would you perhaps have another chain of people? Because when it's business matters, you do often default to your accountant first. Mm -hmm. But this is slightly different. And that chain of thought with a bunch of creative lawyers then got things feeling on what is that chain of referral? Where does it come from? And actually, good, straightforward, creative thinking um, the answer became actually friends. Mm -hmm. It's the friends who want to help you, the best will in the world, they just want to help you through what to do next. And therefore, how do you build a relationship with friends? Because that's a bit woolly. So we actually launched a microsite, which was hugely brave of a very traditional law firm, um, My Divorcing Friends, and filled it with guidance, because you cannot take advice off a website when it's not specific to your circumstances, but based on friends, how to sort of counsel your friend through how and when a friend should be best place to go and actually speak to a lawyer, how to prepare for that so they get good value from the meeting and emotionally they cope with it. And um, yeah, we got the skyrocket amount of interest. Isn't that fascinating? So, yeah. I, I love the idea that uh, sectors that you wouldn't normally label as creative, actually yes. there's often creativity in there. And for me, when that happens, and we've done similar work in accountancy, mm. say at a moment in cyber, and legal, seen as very kind of very serious um, professions and people reluctantly have to buy their services. So being able to inject energy and creativity, but I've certainly identified the decision makers that do go with that, they have to have 
pretty, very energetic. Yeah, people... I'm really interested in this this idea of bravery and creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the two go hand in hand. You have to be brave to try things out as a designer, as a creative yes. person. I have to be brave to throw something down on a piece of paper or on the screen to try it out, and it might fail. You've done that to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, 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 so we design something. It's not quite right, but it leads on to something else, yes. and you get a reaction, and you have to be brave to to try it. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've come across a lot of people in your, your career where you've met bravery. Yes. Bravery first and creativity second. Um, it's really quite exciting to, to find that brave and bold. And actually, on, on the current project I'm working on, interestingly, it's um, law enforcement mm-hmm. for UK government. Mm-hmm. And again, and the Home Office, people don't assume exceptionally brave frontline officers but in a business world people assume that that's not their thing and actually before Covid impacted and lockdown took hold um, the National Police Chiefs Council for England and Wales with the Home Office embarked on an incredibly innovative business programme to adapt the way policing worked to provide frontline cyber resilience support for small business and supply chain now when lockdown took a grip of the UK, that then all got escalated. Mm-hmm. Remarkably, we managed to deliver on, on schedule, ahead of schedule, actually. But essentially, our client base are high-ranking, long-serving police officers who have been quite brilliant in their field, who have never run a business. Mm-hmm. And in a matter of weeks, I've had to tr- entrust a team of consultants they've still never met, <laughs> on video calls only, mm-hmm. and learn not only how to start a business, how to run a business, and go live literally at the same time Amazing. and that for me being brave in a field you're trained in is one thing but being that brave to leap into an entirely new arena and entrust your advisors round about you is quite Isn't that fabulous and i didn't think i'd be sitting here saying that came from a public sector mm-hmm. set of people and there they are. we assume it's always private sector entrepreneurs but um entrepreneurs is a wonderful phrase that i picked up um, through my activity with Entrepreneurial Scotland and I love that point of reference because it's true there's entrepreneurial thinking and creativity in great measure in the public sector and people overlook that. And, and you mentioned Covid and lockdown there, um, I, I firmly believe that we've all been through a huge period of change in the last 12 months mm-hmm. in how we do everything whether, how, whether it's queuing in the supermarket, wearing face masks, going into meetings, not hugging, not kissing not seeing parents, there's all the huge changes in all our lives, not traveling, not having holidays, kind of negative things, but actually there's a huge amount of positive opportunity, I believe, coming out of COVID mm-hmm. that um, change has been accelerated and we now all need to embrace change even more. And I think there's going to be a, a flourishing of innovation and creativity yes. um, in the coming months, years. Um, and actually that acceleration, we should all be able to change much quicker and be expecting change much quicker. And I think I'm reading a lot at the moment about the new requirements and demands of management. And this is really interesting because, you know, executive leadership and entrepreneurs has been all the rage for the last 10 years and everything that everybody talks about and focuses on really in business. But good management is almost been a lost art. And um, again, very active with the Chartered Management Institute, who I'm a huge fan of, incredible resources and work that they do. But suddenly now more than ever, exceptionally good management skills and they're having to be rehoned because 
to not just manage a team, um, but to support a team to thrive working from home for the yeah. much longer term is completely yeah. different. Yeah. And we're learning every day about that. Yeah. Um, but the, the true ability for individuals to thrive and feel confident that they're doing a good job, their outputs are high, but everybody's personal circumstances working from home are so different. Mm. So creativity in the way that you run your business, actually, and, 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 and how do you embed a culture, a corporate culture in an environment where yeah. everyone's working from home? So it, it's, it's yeah. bringing in a whole new set of challenges and opportunities. I, yes. I see these as opportunities for, for all of us. Well, this is it. And, and do we need to run that culture over here in a new way? Or are we actually just doing something new? Because people do get terribly hung up on um, where they're operating from. And is it a spare bedroom? Are they you know, sharing the Wi-Fi, having to move meetings? And... Do you know, in, in January, I did quite a few posts on LinkedIn around how, as a team, we were um, supporting each other and how we were changing the way we worked. And I put a couple of posts around the first couple of weeks back, I noticed a huge amount of clients and contacts had to change meetings. And it was because the school's return had changed. Right. Yeah. And um, people were very, very, very stressed and overly apologetic. So I put just this general post that it's okay. Everybody needs to change and change again. And we've got three kids in the background. And it's fine, I totally understand, and, and if more of us say that, it's, it's okay. Better, yeah, yeah. And um, one of the most highly engaged posts I think I've ever had on LinkedIn about anything, it was remarkable, quite an outpouring actually from people who are on a bit of a hamster wheel with trying to keep up appearances, but never before have they had the whole world in the same Absolutely, so yeah. And it is literally the whole world, isn't it? It's not, <laughs> it's not just Edinburgh, it's not just no. Scotland, it's not the UK, it's literally the whole this world. Is Possibly, I mean, in some of the areas you and I have collaborated on before, we look, we often use the phrase, you know, we need to humanise this brand. And sometimes we work with incredible client teams, particularly in professional services, featuring people on our website, because people are actually what people are buying. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about that all the time, but I think this is where all businesses should embrace the fact that the fact that all their teams are working from home has humanised the business more than ever. I know clients that never entered my head before what they're dealing with at home, whether it is kids. A lot of people are caring for parents who with dementia are popping up on video calls. Yeah. Um, I've got to know somebody's team of builders really well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. And actually, I've got more admiration for those people now than I did at the beginning because I see how brilliant they are in their jobs because that is additionally what is going on in their lives. So it's worked in a positive way. It's interesting you're touching here on well-being and I know you're passionate about the importance of positive culture and well-being within businesses. You just demonstrated that. Um, can we explore how those aspects of business demand creative thinking? Yeah, um, this is yeah really... It's been a passion point of mine for a long time. It's a hugely topical at the moment. And um, I do find a lot of people, if, if you ask how they're feeling at the start of a meeting, it's a word not often used. Mm -hmm. um, it's often how's the business going or... And when you open that up, uh, sometimes you can spend 20 minutes of a meeting discussing something entirely different. It, it's a real opening question. And actually, it, I think it needs to be addressed a lot more and a lot sooner in a lot of business meetings, particularly at the moment because people are building up other emotions. Um, I had a wonderful conversation over the weekend with somebody who has several hundred staff in hospitality. And much as everybody's talking about cash flow and logistical hurdles and everything else, his top priority is his team. Mm -hmm. They're so desperate to get back into the workplace and their mental well-being is because 
by the nature of the staffing that work in hospitality, that's like their second family. Yeah. And a lot of them aren't from this country originally, so mm -hmm. they own a family here. And they have really suffered not all being together in this. Whereas I'm, I'm quite um, fascinated, used isn't the right word, fascinated in a lot of the big sort of financial institutions where nobody wants to go back to the office. That mm -hmm. culture isn't mm -hmm. a team culture at all. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's flushing out some toxic cultures yeah, really interesting. Um, so yeah. I'm seeing a lot in retail and hospitality where the leaders there are quite emotionally drained because they've given it their all because yeah. their team needs to feel together. And they've really had a hard time. I mean, they, yeah. they, they've pivoted their businesses. They've they've made their businesses COVID ready. Yes. And yet they've been closed mm -hmm. down the longest. Yes. So they've had a really hard many time. Many have rehired, ready to open and yeah. then had another yeah. delay. And of course, yeah. that doesn't qualify for furlough. So mm -hmm. Immense financial and operational pressures, but actually their priority is the well-being of their yeah, team. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? And it is wonderful, yeah. um, but it's really exposed to me this fascination with, with cultures where nobody wants to go back to the office. That's I love your is. thought as well that uh, you start a meeting, rather than how's business, how are you feeling? Yes. That's much more emotional connecting, yes. isn't it, than, than business connecting? It is, and it, you know, perhaps more appropriate in my line of work being a consultant, because it is about supporting the person. It's a bit like the, the elegant white coat, so in confidence, and you're there to help your client perform the best they can, not just with your technical knowledge. So it is an important question, but actually, even when I've been in-house in teams, um, whether that's somebody I report to or somebody that reports to me or a peer, it's often a question I've used and you, you do discover a lot more quicker that's actually the key to solving problems within business because these are humans too. No, yeah. no business leader yeah. is untouchable. Interesting, I read something the other day that business to business should be renamed uh, people to people. Yes. Business to business is not about businesses speaking to businesses, no, it's about right. people. B to C and B to B, um, yeah. yes, no, equally um, being fascinated by this emerging quite recently and love the point. It's business to business people. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's exactly what we're doing here. And again, current climate, we have all humanised our businesses more with working from home. I think so. I think so. Um, so next meeting I have with a client, I'm going to say, how are you feeling before we start? Yeah, there we and go. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Um, Joanna, um, what other questions have I got? Oh, I know what's happened. You've moved to the country, haven't you? I have. Um, I'm very interested about how you feel living in the country, <laughs> but um, does that stimulate creativity in your day-to-day -day life? It does. Um, I'd actually moved before lockdown. I know a lot of people are now re-evaluating this. And yeah, my mantra is, um, as my career's developed, things have got busier. And busy is an overused word, so I, I do sort of run my books as when I'm working at capacity, but life's got busy. I found as, as three adult children had left home, I was in so many um, online social media groups around football teams and things with lovely, lovely people who I got on with, but times that by three children plus your original friends and family, that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, so you didn't get a lot of time to think. So my mantra was the, the luxury of not being um, attached to a school run was to yeah to move out the city and get back into into the countryside and balance my life i love my work so it's a fine line people will say to me why are you reading that at the weekend that's business and think, well no it's an interesting book mm -hmm. <laughs> um so for me my mantra was to um be on holiday and go to work sometimes rather than work and work and work and work and hang on in there for the two-week break because that wasn't a good sense of well-being and 
we all have to do it for a while and school and school holidays dominate your schedule and your business schedule for so many years so the time is right for me to, to break the cycle um, and I got lucky because therefore I have yes my time out going for walks and lockdown even if it was an hour a day if we were at that initial stage was a glorious mountain from fantastic well very jealous and you're looking very well on it and it's clearly um clearly good for you it's good for the thinking yes it is, isn't it? and i think lockdowns um again creativity and how do you run your day sitting at that laptop because everybody's working from home to, to answer the next email is a dangerous habit that is so easy to slip into mm -hmm. so yeah for me um, as a team, we've supported each other. We have a little group on Signal, and we will all say, I'm going out for a walk now, because it's like, um, it's a very open team, and it's about delivery, and we're all contactable, but why do we therefore all still feel trapped that we shouldn't leave, we should be at the desk? Yeah. But it's not doing us any good. So we created a very enforced habit of, I mean, we have fun with it sometimes, just I'm, I'm off to the post office to send everybody want anything. Yeah. We're, I think, 700 miles away from another nice member one, of nice the team. One. But, you know, we have the fun with it. Yeah. But it reminds us all, um, if anybody on this project is sat at a desk all day, that's not good. Yeah, well, you see me sitting here with my little dog. Um, <laughs> uh, the, 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 this little dog takes me outside from time to time. Yes. I have to go out and get up from my desk and go out for a 10-minute walk around the block. Isn't that wonderful? And actually, that little yeah. fresh air, stretch your legs, get away from the screen. How healthy is that? And not overly scheduled, because when, yes, you've exactly. got a little pup at your heels, or it's a family member, or those natural dis distractions, we've lost the art of, and I think we shouldn't shy away from them. Now, this is a new way of working, but maybe we're all going to work better, because that, letting your mind wander and subconsciously mull over a challenge mm -hmm. you were working on, whether it's your own business or that of a client, it does kick in. And that's, where this, we? but that's, that's where creativity happens. Yes. You've got to turn the brain off to switch on to creativity. That's exactly it. Mm. So finding your version of that, whether you're a treadmill person or going out for a mm. walk with a dog or whatever it is, it's my one um, plea to, to keep reminding everyone. Because I think we've gone through cycles of lockdown and, and we now feel, okay, we're kind of on to the next phase. We're all still navigating that. But we shouldn't lose the learnings. We shouldn't just throw ourselves into this next regime. We should take the learnings gently. With yeah, us. there's no going back to normal. No. We're going back to different. No. It I, needs to be different. We need to. Yeah. We need to all embrace different. I think. Yes, and I think creativity in our conversation. Why do we all keep saying new normal? Or mm -hmm. you know, when we talk about industrial revolutions and the dawn of electricity, we didn't all keep harping on about going backwards. We see that was was positive yeah. as forward. So much as this has been enforced upon us, um, yeah, let's just let go of how we used to work in yeah. this. Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. Fantastic. A final thought, Joanna. What would you say to your 20-year-old self? I know it's only a couple of years ago. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> just you. <laughs> um, do you know, it's something that literally, uh, only in the last few years, like some incredibly inspirational business contact now, friend of mine, is actually that curiosity is a very valuable thing in business. Mm -hmm. And I think back to my um, early teens and my working life in my early 20s, I've been a naturally curious person and that's what's led me to have the knowledge that I do and working in the work that I do. But I always kind of hid that. I would quietly be reading articles about things, quietly hiding those business books at the weekend. And, um, I would always be on extra hours, I would be away to something to go and listen to someone do a talk. I never saw it as a fit with my business, which when I look back is ridiculous. 
So I think anybody that is not necessarily on an absolutely set path in their in their twenties with a, a very dedicated this is my line, this is where my career is going to go, but is quite naturally curious. Um, don't let anyone tell you there's anything wrong with that. That's wonderful. And I think that continues on into later life as well, never mind your twenties. Mm. <laughs> um, I recall my dad at the age of ninety something, he was reading a book on the South Sudan. And I asked him, what are you reading a book about South Sudan for? He said, well, I don't know anything about South Sudan. He was curious. See? Yeah. Yes. So I think, I think all of us can learn from that and just continually be curious through our lives. And through curiosity comes creativity. It does. It informs your brain and, and, yes. and encourages creativity. And taking it? ideas from one industry, you know, from the sublime to the ridiculous, and people have often commented, in amongst the lawyers and the accountants and the cyber and the law enforcement professionals that I work with, a strand of my client base is stand-up comics. Mm. And people always find that terribly amusing, but they run good businesses and they are highly genius creatives. But I will sit and say to a comic, okay, well, in a law firm, you would do this. So we'll introduce this to your business. And people find that quite bizarre, but that, that's the creativity. If you're going to run a good business, all industries are relevant, really. You can take ideas and sometimes you need to tweak or adapt things, but that ability and that's where working with both clients works because you know not all stand-up comics would want to take any advice from a law firm but yeah those that are running great businesses do and but isn't it interesting you're cross-fertilizing from one sector to another uh, from legal sector to comedians yes. to cyber and and actually that that curiosity cross sectors is is informing and stimulating yeah. your brain it is and it's led me to really really enjoy over the years what i do and as i say there's a fine line with what's I don't, I don't have that sigh, um, and lockdown highlighted that for me. It's not, oh, it's Monday. Mm. Um, I'm like, oh, it's Monday, so I've more things in the diary today, although it's online. You know, who am I meeting and what are we discussing? And it fuels my brain. And enough, enough time, I think it's probably my one caution I'm trying to get better at. Um, online meetings have great advantages, but they tend to be a bit more stilted. There's a lot less conversation. It's let's get on with the agenda. So um, myself and a, a colleague on the project that we're doing just now, what we've started doing um, is, we both live in the countryside, um, instead of branded backdrops on the video calls, every week at the weekends when we're out walking, we'll take some incredible views and we pop them on and it's now become such a conversation it's a starter. It's a thing. And where were we? And um, where is that? And then people are coming out with stories when they've been on holiday somewhere and it's wonderful. So, yeah, there's another little creative one, and no matter what your line of work, if you're trapped in the world of online meetings, um, there's a time and a place where your brand's in the background's appropriate yeah. for a presentation or a first meeting or whatever, but humanise yourself. Yeah. 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 Isn't that wonderful? Well, Joanna, keep being human, keep being curious, and keep asking people how they're feeling uh, before you start meetings. It's been a joy talking to you. Thank you so much for coming in to speak to me in the den. Thank you for having me, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You've been listening to The Den, a series of conversations about the business of creativity and creative thinking in business.